Sorry, there was a baby at the door. <laughs> Hi, baby. <laughs> the, the, the baby can't hear you. <laughs> oh, but oh I, I'm I'm really uncomfortable with that breathing. <laughs> Hi, baby. Um, Hi, baby. Justin, make that the intro. Let's go! Welcome back, everybody. Wow. Let's does go, it feel baby. good? Let's does go. it feel Come on, good? let's go. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Let's Talk Fantasy Football Podcast. We are here with episode one. I am with my co-host, JR. JR, how does it feel to be back? JR, let it feels JR to be back, my friend. I am feeling great. And, man, fantasy football time. Thank you, loyal listeners, for coming back. This is season three. Can't believe it's season three already of Let's Talk Fantasy Football. Season what of our league, Tommy? What number are we on now? Oh, boy. I believe this is season 17. Yeah, sounds about right. Scott's still winless, so will this be the season? That's a big narrative. It's a big narrative for this one. Will this finally be Scott's season, or will he crumble, as always? Uh, another narrative, Drew had the 11th and, tw- or had the, sorry, 12th pick again, and the turn. Uh, so back-to-back picks at the end of the round for Drew. Feels like the 17th season in a row, but Drew's only been in the league for, what, six years now, something like that? Drew, great member of our league. Greg, Brian, Dan, I mean, the list goes on. Hey, all you guys listening out there, people beyond the league, we're happy to be back. <laughs> Tommy, take it away. Thank you so much, Jack. I do believe it might be uh, season 18 now that I counted on my fingers. So, um, because we started this shindig all the way back in 2003. Um, This is going to be year nine of head-to-head. Still haven't had a repeat champion in the 12-pack in head-to-head. It's pretty impressive. Um, Anyway, I'm just, this is such an exciting time of year. I was so hyped for the draft. The draft was a lot of fun. We got a good group together. I think everyone, I was looking back at everyone's team, and I was able to talk myself into everyone having a pretty good draft uh, for the most part. There are some picks that I didn't like. Obviously, we'll get into those, but um, I wanted to start off the episode, Jack, by talking about my MVP for this draft. You can let me know if you agree or not. Um, I think Dan had the best draft this year, and I just... We were because we were talking about it when it was happening, and as it was happening, it was like, "Oh my gosh, he got that guy there. He got that guy there. He got that he just, guy there." He kept making the right pick every time. Right. It was like, "Ooh, that guy's fallen." Dan would Dan would jump on it. He got great value at almost every single pick. Yeah, I mean, talk about David Johnson with his first pick at pick nine. I'd see David Johnson go several picks before that. Le'Veon Bell at pick 16. I'd seen Le'Veon Bell go in the first round. Leonard Fournette at the end of the third round. I'd seen Leonard Fournette go at the beginning of the third round. Adam Thielen in the fourth round. Adam, Adam Thielen, Thielen th- that was a big one. That was a big one because he was dropping. I was shocked even that Stefan Diggs got drafted before Adam Thielen. I, I personally would have taken Thielen first. But for there to be five or four picks in between Diggs and Thielen, that was interesting to me. 
Yeah, I would have gone with Thielen over Diggs as well. I don't understand how our league let him drop to the fourth again after last year when Kyle got him in the fourth, and he was the best wide receiver for the first half of the year and finished top five. Um, so, and then it just keeps going, honestly. Tyler Boyd in the fifth, I think, is another good value. He's going to be the number one wide receiver. If A.J. Green ever comes back, yeah, you, just still, don't, he'll, you, don't, you don't want anyone catching balls from, AJ, or from uh, Andy Dalton on that awful Bengals offense, but that's coming from me who took Joe Mixon, but we'll, we'll get into that. But the Bengals are not optimistic for this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't love Dan's bench. I, so I like the fact that he, he got a bunch of handcuffs. Daryl Henderson, Jalen Samuels, Ty Montgomery, those are all backups. If the starters go down, they'll be great value for where he got them. But until then, he doesn't really have a whole lot of flexibility with his roster because you're not starting any of those guys week one. So he's really just got Larry Fitzgerald as his only bench option. Um as far as if one of his starters was to go down, he wouldn't have much to replace them with. So, But I love his starting roster. I mean, Drew Brees in the ninth round, it's great value. It's just great value. Njoku in the eighth round, it's all great value. Uh, I think he did a great job with his team. Uh, so I give my MVP to his. Now, Yahoo thinks Kyle was the winner of our draft. He got an A+, plus. you right behind him with an A-. minus. We don't pay any attention to Yahoo's rankings, Yahoo's grades. Uh, I mean, they're it's baloney. Let's be honest. It's it doesn't. It, 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 there's no reason to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I get I get why you're saying that, Tommy. For the you know for the algorithm to award you only a B as as the host of a podcast, I I'd be embarrassed too. But the numbers, I mean, they put thought into it, Tom John, and and. It's obvious with my A minus awarded out that they're doing something right. They can see a talented draft when they see one. And yeah, was Kyle getting an A plus shocking? Yeah, I, I, I would say. I'm 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 not super impressed with his team, but I think me getting an A minus is proof that the algorithm's onto something. Do you remember who had the best draft grade last year? From Yahoo? You're gonna I mean no, no one does. And don't try there's no way to look it up. Don't try to you know, these are, you got to live in the moment. I'm asking you because I do remember, and it was Greg. And Greg didn't have the, nearly the best team. Uh, he didn't make the playoffs. So, uh, you know, Ooh. just just some food for thought there. Yeah, you're, uh, you were able to look up those numbers pretty quickly, huh? <laughs> I got them right here in front of me, man. Okay. Um, well, that's too bad. But, yeah, I mean, no, they only gave Dan a B, and I agree with you. I think Dan, we felt it during the draft, and even upon reflection, Dan had a really, really solid draft across the board. Honorable mentions to everyone, though. I mean, I felt like there were there were a few surprising picks, a few quarterbacks going too early, a few questionable, you know, taking a wide receiver when there's good running backs on the board. But overall, a really solid draft can't wait to get into it more because everyone really built some pretty even teams and i think there's a reason why we've seen so much disparity between the champions year to year it's a level playing field we got a lot a lot of true solid Mm -hmm. competitors in this league lucky to be Mm -hmm. surrounded by some some veterans absolutely and i do want to amend one thing i forgot that greg did sneak into the playoffs as the eighth seed uh i don't know if we 
I'm sure Drew remembers. Uh, Drew missed out on the playoffs by like three yards or something stupid like that. So uh, way too soon. And Greg did get in, but he did uh, lose in the first round. So uh, anyway, uh, I want to talk just a little bit about each person's draft. Uh, There's a lot to get into here. I want to start off with the person that got the worst draft grade uh, from Yahoo. Mm-hmm. They gave they gave Drew a C minus, and to be fair, there were some interesting picks made by Drew. Now I was looking at his team, and I know you did not like Drew's draft. Surprise, surprise! You are the Drew hater. Everyone knows that. Um, I'm worried about his running backs, but let me. <laughs> Come on, I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let no. you just breeze through. I'm worried about his running backs. His running backs are a joke. Remember it's when I talked om- about how we would each do monologues, and then it's the only then thing you, you would be to able to at. have your rebuttal. There's no rebuttal here, okay? Can I finish? Sure. Can I talk? Okay, thank you. Okay, so Drew could be absolutely screwed at the running back position. He is going to need. He takes his first running back off the board is Derrick Henry in the third round, which is way too late to be taking your first running back. End of the third round, mind you. Very last pick of the third round. Um, there is some serious risk to having Derrick Henry as your first running back. We both know that, right? We both know that. He could be really, really good. There's a chance he's really, really good, but there's also a very good chance it's similar to last year where if they get behind, he gets you 500 points. If they're winning, he gets you 2,200. But guess what? They only win six, seven games this year, you're not going to be happy with Derrick Henry as your RB1. But there is a world where Derrick Henry has a good season. Now, (laughs) I don't like his running backs. I will say that. I will admit to that. He's got Matt Breida as his second running back, Jordan Howard, and C.J. Anderson. Those 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 are the running backs that Drew has on his roster. It's not great. It's not looking great. It's not great? Tommy, what do you... Those running backs are abysmal. Okay, Drew. But I let me. I, I, oh let my gosh, me. You're kidding. You're kidding. Let me finish. Michael Thomas. We could both agree he's going to be a wide receiver one, right? With with top five potential. Yes How or no? How long do I have to listen to this charade? Yes or no? Yes. My, Great pick okay. there. Travis Kelsey, number one eh. tight number one tight end in the league this year, right? Yeah. M- more than likely. Okay. Calvin Ridley. Way too early to pick Calvin Ridley. But could you see Calvin Ridley being a wide receiver too, top 24? That's a stretch. Probably wide receiver three. But, yeah, he'll be valuable. Matt Ryan could be a top five quarterback this year. That's a reach, but, yeah, could be. Reach! He was a top five quarterback last year. I mean, I'm just saying, nothing's guaranteed there. Nothing is guaranteed, of course not. But that has the potential to be really good. Uh, he's going to have the best defense, most likely, in the league, in the Bears. Now, he reached for them as well, but that's a solid, you know, probably at least an average of 1,500 points every week from his defense. Now, Will Fuller could be great. Also, another really risky pick as far as injury is concerned. He's coming off an ACL tear. He's had hamstring issues, a lot of soft tissue injuries. So, I don't like the chances of uh, Fuller finishing the season healthy. Well, I'm don't just worry. Saying, he drafted Kenny Stills, too. So, he's got... He's got two of the bottom-tier Texans wide receivers now. Great. Uh, I don't know who Matt Gay is. Uh, apparently, he's the Tampa Bay kicker, but um, 
Listen, my point here about Drew's team is, yes, I am very worried about his running back position. And for his team to be successful, he's going to need Derrick Henry to be awesome. Now, I know your thoughts on Derrick Henry. You're not nearly as high on him as his ADP, and neither am I. I wouldn't want Derrick Henry as my number one running back, or I would not want to draft him in the third round. But the reason Drew had to take him, I think drafting Travis Kelsey with his second pick is what made this draft so sketchy for Drew. Because between when he picked Travis Kelsey and when he got Derrick Henry, 13 running backs went off the board. Drew has to take a running back in the fourth round instead of Calvin Ridley. It's the worst pick of the draft. He he reached for Calvin Ridley. um, When he desperately needed another running back. He doesn't... He's he's he doesn't have a second running back to play. Matt Breed is a backup. Right. Jordan Howard's a backup. Peyton Barber's a backup. He doesn't have a second playable running back. He didn't draft a second playable running back. Right. Uh, here's I mean, here's the thing. Those those picks he, in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round of Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, and Will Fuller are inexcusable to not draft another running back instead of those guys. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's pretty fair. Uh, I will say, not really in his defense, but there wasn't a... This is strange. There was not a single running back taken in the fourth round after he picked up uh, Ridley. The next running back that was taken was 14 picks later. Uh, I took Miles Sanders. And then... So it was Miles Miles Sanders, Mark Ingram, Marlon Mack, Tariq Cohen, Melvin Gordon. Uh, those were his options for, and the, all of those would have been reaches at the beginning of the fourth round. That's why I say I think he needed to pick a running back with his second pick. Like Travis Kelsey is going to be great or for him. instead of Matt Ryan. There was no reason to reach for Matt Ryan in the fifth round. True, but at that point, the best running back that was available was Duke Johnson Jr., which I guess you could argue is. Are at you least kidding what... me? A starting running back on the Texans. Well, they've got Carlos Hyde, dude, now. Carlos Hyde's trash, dude. Okay, I'm just saying Duke Johnson's never been a starting running back before. I'm not I'm not defending the matter. I'm just saying he was great there's not a lot of good running backs left. He should have been taking running backs, yes. But I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't mind that's the Michael why, Thomas pick. I mean, we, we should move on. We spent too much yeah. time on this. But, yeah, I mean, I think I I agree with you. All, like, the other guys he has are, are studs. Are you kidding me? Of course. I love Michael Thomas. Excuse me. I love Michael Thomas. I love Josh Doc. Josh Doc. Uh, I love Travis Kelsey, but you just—that's way too early. Yeah, and no, and we agree. It just obliterated him in the running back position, which is so crucial to winning fantasy matchups. He's going to get brutalized there, and I don't think his team will be able to make up for it unless he finds another running back. Hopefully, within the first couple of weeks, or one of you know the starters goes down. Matt Breida could end up being great. Yeah. True. True. Yeah, there's, you know, obviously we don't know anything, nobody knows anything, and uh, oftentimes what we think is the best draft doesn't end up being that good. But Wish you the best spe- of luck, Drew. You've had really bad luck in our league, so I, I want nothing but good things for you. I'm just a professional. i got to give my honest analysis. Absolutely. And, and Jack, speaking of way too early, why don't you go ahead and talk about Justin's draft? Um, I think we both know that we don't like his pick of Patrick Mahomes with pick eight. But outside yeah. of that, talk about that and then talk about how you think he rounded out his team after that. Yeah, I mean, I would say overall this was one of Justin's 
best drafts to my memory. Uh, I think <laughs> I, I'm just going to start with he waited until the 11th round to draft to draft Justin Tucker, which is still, in my opinion, two around two or three rounds early. But for Justin's standards, yeah, a round of applause, please, because that is spectacular. He usually drafts him what I don't I don't even know how early. Uh, I mean, but, round eight. Yeah, sometimes earlier. But uh, the other pick that uh, sort of impressed me the most, I would say, is just really solid picks uh, rounds four through seven. I think he, he, he rounded up Kenny Galladay in the fourth round, Tariq Cohen in the fifth round, Alshon Jeffrey in the sixth round, and Geronimo Allison in the seventh round. I think those are just all really solid picks, and that stretch of the draft really gave Justin some uh, some serious weapons at the wide receiver position and a really good number two running back in Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I definitely don't disagree at all. Um, you could argue Tariq Cohen in the fifth is a little too early, but running backs, like I was saying about Drews, like running backs went really quickly in our draft this year. And so you just you had to take him earlier than you wanted to if you wanted to get the running back that you wanted. So, um, yeah, Tariq Cohen has been great was great last year was great the year before so we'll see if anything changes with david montgomery being there now there's a chance he loses some work with montgomery being more apt to be that three down back than you know way more apt than uh, jordan howard was but i also like justin's pick of emmanuel sanders and kalen blage so uh no i i I agree Uh, i liked i mean getting Devontae freeman in the second round a little bit of risk there with injury but if freeman can stay healthy the whole year I see no reason why he wouldn't be a, a top 10 running back, to be honest. And then, you know, Zach Ertz in the third, it's earlier than either of us like to take tight ends. There's a chance he doesn't have, I mean, there's a really good chance he doesn't have as good of a season as last year because his season last year was just absolutely phenomenal. But, yeah, I think he did a good job with, with getting his first, like you mentioned, picks four through seven with getting his first wide receiver in the fourth round. He made a he made a good job. He made a good job. That makes sense. Uh, he made some great picks. Did a good job rounding out his wide receiving core, even with the, with middle round picks four, six, and seven. I mean, Geronimo Allison could be a great wide receiver three. So, um, yeah, uh, kudos to Justin. I, like, I mean, and here's the thing: Patrick Mahomes probably going to be the number one quarterback this year. We'll see what happens, but he, you know, he he's the type of player that wins you weeks. When he goes off, he goes off, and it's going to be tough for Justin to lose if Patrick Mahomes puts up thirty five hundred. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. I will say I don't support drafting Philip Rivers in the fourteenth round when you're taking a first round pick on a quarterback. No need to get it back up. Ab, I mean, excellent point. That was I don't understand. Like, if he if Patrick Mahomes goes down. Justin, you're screwed anyway. So like, yeah. Oh, oh, th- oh! Thank God I have Philip Rivers here on my bench. My season's saved. You know. Yeah, you need to get a lot of value out of Patrick. He better be number one again, and he will be yeah. probably. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, see. Yep. But overall, good draft. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, might as well talk about uh, the most consistent. Well, not the most consistent, but the most professional fantasy player in our league, Bob Loblaw, Brian Tierney, who is honestly just a true professional. He's 
one of the longest tenured fantasy players I personally know. He's I a real class he, act. I, I believe he's in five leagues this year. So that is just insane. Uh, and here's the thing. I think Brian had a good draft. And it's probably better than I think it is because his team is always better. Like, his team is just always good. Like, he just always has a good team. And, like, when I look at his draft, I'm like, eh, this guy's a bit of a reach. I don't really trust that guy. Like, he got Marlon Mack in the fifth round. Marlon Mack's ADP dropped tremendously, obviously, after Andrew Luck retired. But now that I see that he got Marlon Mack in the fifth round, I'm thinking, you know what? He's probably going to be really good because Brian took him. Um, I like James Conner with his first pick in the, as number seven in the first round. To get Tyree Kill at 18, I think, is just... I mean, there's risk with Tyree Kill, of course. His history, his legal problems that he's had. If anything else pops up, he could be suspended. He could be out for the year, whatever, whatever. If nothing happens... I mean, is it safe to say Tyreek Hill is going to be a top three wide receiver probably pretty easily, maybe number one overall? Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute stud. I could not believe how far he fell down. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I think it's uh, I think it's the risk, or maybe that's what people were thinking. He is a risky pick, uh, but yeah. Uh, David Montgomery in the third round is a bit of a reach, but if, I mean, Brian knows the Bears better than any of us. Uh, he's in tune with what they do, he know, I'm sure he knows. I mean, David Montgomery is supposedly really, really good. Can do it all. It's the it's the running back. It's the, it's, Bears. the it's, it's the running back that Matt Nagy handpicked. He gets him for his system. Uh, there's a chance that David Montgomery is really, really, really good. Brandon Cooks in the fourth round. No problem with that at all. Like I said, Marlon Mack in the fifth. Aaron Rodgers in the sixth. I personally think Aaron Rodgers is going to be awesome this year. Um, it was really that bad luck. Tells you it was really it was really bad luck for Justin last year when he was he was in, you know he got injured really early was in and out uh, you know bad game good game bad game good game and just wasn't worth the early pick that Justin took with him um, and because of that his value dropped and I think with that. Him dropping all the way to the sixth round, I think Brian's going to get really good value there with Aaron Rodgers. I, I'll be surprised if he's not a top five quarterback. Um, and honestly, probably top three, maybe only behind Mahomes and Watson. We'll see. You've but. always been a Rodgers truther, but can't say you're wrong. I mean, he's he's incredibly talented. Hope he stays healthy. Uh, big reason why taking Russell Wilson in the ninth round. Just don't see the logic in that. Also want to point out that he took Evan Ingram in the seventh round, a little early for a tight end, but not bad. I mean, that Evan Ingram was good value there. And then Mark Andrews in the 13th round. So Brian's got two quarterbacks and two tight ends in a league where there's only four bench spots. Uh, it's bold, but like Tommy <laughs> said, Brian's always been bold, and it's it delivers serious business results. Yeah, and and uh, I, I do believe that a Mark, Mark Andrews was an auto-draft he texted me saying that he lost internet connection, and so he was pissed that he got Mark Andrews. So um, I do expect him to be dropping Mark Andrews shortly, I would guess, before the season starts. Um, there's some insider information for you. Auto draft is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah, who knows? You got to have a backup tight end. You got to have a backup quarterback. You got to have a kicker by like the eighth or ninth round. You know, you got to get that. out of full <laughs> roster. <laughs> Right. You obviously want a kicker and a defense before you have any backup players. I mean, that's just common sense. Yeah. 
Um, Newsflash, you can't start the backup players. But speaking of consistency, which I mentioned when I brought up Brian, Louie. Louie's the most consistent in that he always makes the playoffs and never wins the championship. Um, oh, savage. Little dig there. No, Louie has won. He won our first head-to-head year. Congrats to him. And he is consistently one of the best teams in the regular season, whether it's bad luck. I mean, it's mostly just bad luck, right? When you have one of the best regular season teams and you're not winning in the playoffs, it's 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 one week, right? It's just one week. He had Antonio Brown get injured one year, yada, 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 whatever. Louie, I'm sorry. I can't help myself. Louie drafts talent. That summarizes Louie's criteria. Oh, my God. Drafts. Yes. Louie Lettenmeyer drafts talent. He shows up for one thing and one thing only. <laughs> To get the most talented players. He does it every year. He can't help himself. He can't help himself. He goes for talent, and boy, did he get it in this year's draft. Tommy, do you want to do the breakdown? Or, I mean, I just want to highlight his first three picks, which are all running backs. I love starting off the draft with three stud running backs. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Zeke the Freak, a lot of question marks, but if that works out, which you got to think it will. The guy, you got to think the guy wants to play football, but I don't know. Le'Veon Bell sat out the whole year. Anything's possible. I want Zeke to go get his money. You know, I'm on the side of the players. Go get that bread. Go get that cheddar. Um, But to follow that up with Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones, even if Zeke doesn't work out, he's still got two stud running backs. If Zeke does play, oh boy, that's a tough running back matchup for anyone to play Louis week in and week out. Definitely the best running back depth in the league. Yeah, hands down. Uh, barring injuries, which honestly both Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones, they've had injury problems in the past. But barring injuries, the th- playing the three of them, Zeke, Cook, and Jones week in and week out, that's terrifying. And the good news for the Zeke thing is that he did pick up Tony Pollard, which I was very nervous for him. I thought taking Tony Pollard in the 10th is way too late. Somebody absolutely should have made him pay. And taking Tony Pollard in like the seventh, yeah, eighth, or ninth, ninth round pick of Latavius Murray raised I did some not, flags. <laughs> dude, I was like, "What are you doing?" I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Really?" Like, what? And yeah. what? If you're, yeah, if you're, bad. if if you've got Zeke, Cook, and Jones, and you're playing Latavius Murray, something's already gone terribly wrong. So why are you like? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So the dude goes for talent. <laughs> anyway, to move, and then I love. So Louis is very weak at the wide receiver position, which is is really the only mark against him. It's like you said, excellent job at the running back position. He very, very, very much reached incredibly for Lamar Jackson, but he wanted him. He believes in the talent. He believes in the opportunity for Lamar Jackson to go for a thousand plus rushing yards. We all know how valuable rushing quarterbacks are in a in a four or you know four point quote unquote four point four hundred point QB touchdown. Uh, you get 600 for a rushing touchdown, and you get, an, you know, 2.5 times the amount of points for rushing yards that you do uh, passing yards. So I don't mind. I mean, I wouldn't have taken him that early ever, but, like, he wanted him. He got him. I think O.J. Howard in the seventh is great value. I would not be surprised if O.J. Howard is a top-five tight end. He And, again, so his risk right now, he... <laughs> He's going to have to play Devontae Parker in week one because both A.J. Green and Golden Tate, which Golden Tate in the 11th might be great value, 
but he's not playing for four weeks. So Louie right now only has two startable wide receivers in Tyler Lack and Josh Gordon. I like both of them. I do. I think Tyler Lack is going to have a big year. We both do. His opportunity is just, you can't. I mean, you can't say enough about the opportunity he has. He was amazing last year, and now Doug Baldwin's gone. So I've got um, no interest in Devontae Parker. No, of course not. And I don't think Louie does either, but he's grasping at straws now to fill out his roster because that like I said that's the mark against him is he's got two startable wide receivers on his roster and and then he's going to be playing Devontae Parker so we'll see I mean it's Fitzmagic dude Fitzmagic's going to be rifling it to someone why not Devontae Parker it's possible with Fitzmagic but uh no I like Louis' team's got a lot of potential as always and he's he's going to be active on the waiver wire I'm sure he'll have a third and fourth wide receiver option within the first few weeks so uh, I'm not worried at all about Louis' team. All um, right, on to the next one. Who we got next, Tommy? We are breezing through these. Can't wait for week one. We will be hitting you with this podcast every week, ladies and gentlemen. Can't stop, won't stop. want to give a quick shout-out to our producers, Justin and Anna Lettenmeyer. They are on the ones and twos behind the scenes. Our... Uh, brother from another mother kyle sundell uh let's talk fantasy football is in partnership with k-sun productions for this production <laughs> and we want to thank him for his partnership tommy who we got for the next matchup speaking of our producers let's go with uh let's go with the one we haven't talked about yet anna dwell football she had the fourth pick of the draft she went with deandre hopkins i there's just that's a good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that pick. Nothing to scoff at there. That is a safe pick. He's going to be a top wide receiver. Um, safe and is when a you... stretch. I mean, I think it was a bold pick, is how I would describe it. I think uh, some people would say that DeAndre Hopkins at the four slot is too early, but I think Anna knows his talent. I think he's a guy that she's had in her clubhouse that she's been coaching for a few years now, and she's stuck by her guy. And I think I don't know. I think to call it safe is a little disrespectful. I would describe it as bold. Okay. Uh, yeah, I completely disagree, <laughs> but that's a really good take. Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins, as far as far as risk, as far as risk goes, he is one of the safe, safest options of the first round. Um, you got David Johnson, way riskier. Zeke Elliott, way riskier. Um, Le'Veon Bell, way riskier. Uh, you know, the, you just you know what you're getting from DeAndre Hopkins, and from that aspect, it is a nice, safe pick. It is a some people would consider it a reach. You're not wrong about that, but at the same time, like I said, it was between if she's going to go with the wide receiver, it's between DeAndre and uh, Tete, Devontae Adams, and she went with Yap. You know, can't go wrong. I, I love the pick. Uh, sure, it's bold. It's very bold, you know. Very bold pick. Um, and then let's skip to the fourth round where she reached for well, not really reached for Deshaun Watson because that's around where he's going. He's projected to be the number two quarterback, and if she hits on this Hopkins and Watson pairing, that is going to win her a ton of weeks. Like that could win, like. The yeah. two of them alone can win yeah. you a week. Oh, absolutely. And so I don't mind that at all. You're talking Sam about 6,000 points on the board. Yeah, they they could literally do that. I mean, that would probably only happen once or twice. But 
legitimately. And you're talking easily. I mean, you could see them averaging close to to four thousand points a week before between the two of them. Um, and then sandwiched between those two picks, you got she took Todd Gurley in the second round, and then Josh Jacobs in the third round. I was the pick after Anna in round two, and I would have definitely taken Todd Gurley. Uh, I know there's some risk to it, but you're talking about one of the most talented, maybe the most talented running back in the league, getting him towards the end of the second round. I mean, I take the gamble on that every time, and it might not work out, but it also could work out, and like I said, that's insane value. Uh, Josh Jacobs in the third. There's risk. There's always Josh risk. Josh Jacobs, Jingle Heinrichman. <laughs> There's always risk with a rookie running back, but the Raiders spent uh, a high pick on him. John Gruden loves uh, using his running backs a lot. If he gets someone he likes, I mean, there's there's history there of him uh, producing good fantasy running backs. And uh, so I don't mind. I like both those picks. I love Cooper Cup in the fifth. It was very, very, very difficult for me to not take him. Uh, I, love, I love Cooper Cup this year. I've heard nothing but good things about him. He's looking great post-ACL injury and uh, in that high-powered offense. Um, fifth round, I mean, Cooper Cup could easily be, I mean, he could easily be a top 24. And if you want to get crazy, you could talk about him squeaking into the top 15 uh, and really, really uh, making some noise. So Tevin Coleman in the sixth, I like it. It's good value there. Tevin Coleman is the starting running back for the 49ers. He's talented. He's a very talented running back, did some good things in Atlanta, is now with Shanahan, who used to be in Atlanta. So if he can stay healthy, now Matt Breed is going to be a pain in the butt, but Coleman could be a very good option, uh, and that would be your flex option. So that, that's not bad at all. Curtis Samuel in the seventh, um, he hit, that's, I mean, that's kind of where his ADP was taking him. He's been... Been hearing a lot of good things about Curtis Samuel, so his ADP was rising. Uh, I like him in the seventh round. He's going to be playing second fiddle to DJ Moore. Um, I like Cam Newton this year, which is you know we'll talk about him when you talk about my team. But I, I think Curtis Samuel could have a really good season. Marquez Valdez Scantling, especially with Equinemius St. Brown going down, uh, Mar- Marquez is he's going to be a good option. Uh, like I said, I believe in the Packers this year. I believe in Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is going to be a stud, and then it's really going to be between Geronimo Allison and and Marquez as to who becomes that number two option. Uh, so there's taking him in the eighth with the potential that he he could be Aaron Rodgers' second option in the passing game. That's I like that, and I also love now Baltimore's defense in the ninth round. I like Baltimore's defense, but you and I both don't like taking defenses that early. But it's a nice solid choice, and. Honestly, Deshaun Jackson in the 10th, I was surprised it took Anna this long to take him, but I love the opportunity and potential for Deshaun Jackson this year. Um, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a great year, and Deshaun Watson's a great wide receiver. He blows the top off defenses. I think you're going to see Carson Wentz slinging the ball to him, going to have a lot of deep routes, a lot of op- a lot of opportunity there to make some big plays. So uh, he'll be an absolute steal in the 10th round. Um, anything you want to mention about specifically about hers? I, I like, I'm a, I'm a little worried about her running backs. I just there's some risk there really with every one of her, every one of the three. So Gurley, Jacobs, and Coleman. 
there's risk there to each of them, but I see a world or a, a, a you know a situation where all three work out really really well. So uh, her team, when you pair the potential of those running backs with her DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson stack, uh, I think it's got some potential this year. Yeah, I mean I love to your point the the back half of Anna's draft is really solid with Curtis Samuel. Marquez Valdez Gantley and Deshaun Jackson. Three of those four rounds there. Really solid picks across the board. Don't love drafting a backup backup tight end, but you know, that's okay. Teach their own. I don't mind the Naeem Hines draft at all in the thirteen spot. I think that's good value late in the draft. So I think Anna's got some pretty solid depth. I think I'm interested to see how her team shapes up because it's got a lot of potential. And like you said, that Hopkins Watson matchup is going to win her a lot of weeks. Awesome, fantastic, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to the next team. Uh, I want to start off. Let's. I want to start off. We've we've gone through six teams. I want to start off the second half of this, talking about your team um, because you got the second highest grade on Yahoo. We talked about how that doesn't really matter, but let me uh, let me talk about your team real quick, and then you can just you know. You can brag about your team a little bit after I'm done talking with it. I uh, I got to say, I really like the potential of your team here. So you take Saquon with the number one overall pick. I know you deliberated for a while. You can talk about that in a minute about how you eventually just went with him, what your decision making was, what you, what the process was, if you really considered the other two guys that you could have taken. But uh, and then, oh my God, getting Joe Mixon at the end of the second round is just like, what? Like, what a dream. Like, this guy, he's on a bad team, sure, but he's so talented and was so good last year. When he's healthy, he's a beast. And so, I, I just, I there's, the fact that you got Saquon that had to wait 23 picks and still ended up with a guy that really, I mean, would anyone be surprised if he was a top 10 running back? No, I don't think so. So that's really great. You get Keenan Allen, who is a great wide receiver, should be Phillip Rivers' number one option. Uh, there is some injury risk there, which I'm a little worried about. And on that note, you've got Robbie Anderson in the fourth, who I also like a lot this year, but he has a calf injury. Soft tissue injuries, as we've, as I've mentioned before, are they just linger, and when in football, it, it can be such a problem. So the fact that those two guys are your first two wide receivers could be great, but would I be surprised if they were both battling injuries the whole year? No, but um, I like the potential for both of them. And then you get a great deal for T.Y. in the fifth. Um, same sort of thing with Marlon Mack with Brian. Before Andrew Luck retired, he were lucky to get T.Y. Hilton... Midway through the third, I would have seen him go towards the end of the second, uh, beginning of the third in most mock drafts. And so, I mean, he's going to be the number one option there. He's a great wide receiver. He's fast. Uh, so now they've, the Colts have Brissett, and they've just signed uh, Brian Hoyer. So we'll see who ends up. I mean, I think Brissett's going to be the starter, and then if he does well, he'll keep it. But Hoyer's a, a decent quarterback as well. So I think T.Y. Hilton could be great value in the fifth round you get Kenyon Drake in the sixth I mean that is what it is uh, you needed another running back uh, I do believe he was the best option available we'll see how that goes um, 
And then I really love Marvin Jones in the seventh. His ADP just absolutely plummeted after last season because last season, you know, he was really good two years ago, and then his ADP was very high. And so you had to reach for him, and then that didn't work out at all. But this year, Marvin Jones was someone that I was targeting a lot in my mock drafts. I just, he's going to be the number two option behind Kenny Galladay. And there's even potential for him to be, like, to get more, more. I mean, maybe not more targets, but, like, he could get more yards than Galladay. Um, I wouldn't People be surprised. forget how good he was last year. And, yeah, with Galladay getting the attention of the number one cornerbacks, like Marvin Jones Jr., I'm really happy I got him. I yeah. he, he was a bit of a stretch, but I wanted him. Yeah, you took him. I mean, you took him when you knew you could get him. There was you. To be honest, you wouldn't have gotten him in the eighth because I would have taken him in the eighth. Um, but uh, you know, Dante Pettis. There's been been back and forth on him. I was hearing great things about him. He's super talented. Um, but training camp didn't exactly go well. He was fighting for a starting spot and like didn't really get it so the talent's there and the and the opportunity will be there if you can ever figure it out but uh, you know eighth round pick with with the talent that he has i I don't mind it um shad penny great handcuff uh he's gonna be he might be a decent i'm honestly with how much seattle runs he might even be a decent standalone i mean getting him in the ninth i think is insane value uh for one if anything happens to chris carson rashad penny is immediately a running back too. You plug him in and you don't think about it. Um, so good pick there. Jared Goff in the 10th, I think is, is more great value for you. Um, I was talking about this a little bit last night. Uh, or, yeah, I guess last night during the draft, uh, I liked the pick at the time and like the Rams offense is just so good. And it's another year under his belt for Jared Goff, another year in Sean McVay's system. I see no reason why Jared Goff would be worse than last year. I think, in fact, he'll be pretty significantly better than last year. And he's one of those guys that, I mean, Robert Woods, great wide receiver option. Cooper Cup, great wide receiver option. Brandon Cooks, great wide receiver option. So you've got three wide receivers who are all great options, and Jared Goff is throwing to all of them. So, I think you're going to be happy with Jared Goff. Um, you know, I'm sure you'll, if there's any tough matchups, you might plug in another quarterback. I know you, you know, you you don't have you have no loyalties to quarterbacks. So, uh, but I think, I think Jared Goff's a solid pick. Um, and then you round out your draft with Trey Burton, Tyrell Williams, Will Lutz, Philadelphia. I respect the kicker and and defense being the last picks. Tyrell Williams, great flyer option for round 12. I mean, you're not risking anything there and. He could be really good uh, for Oakland. I mean, he's going to be the wide receiver too. Antonio Brown right. is we know trouble. the potential for Antonio Brown. Tyrell could become the number one option. Trey Boo Boo, <laughs> he's already got a groin injury. So, but again, eleventh round. You didn't. You took him too early last year. Learned your lesson. You waited to take a tight end this year, and if it works out, he could be great in Mac, Matt Nagy's offense. But if not, you'll find someone else. Um, anything you want to say about your team? I. I I like your team this year. I, you know, you had a good draft, like always. No, I feel good about it. I think you covered it off. Um, feel super good about getting Joe Mixon. I mean, having Saquon and Joe as my running backs is a delight. And yeah, Absolutely I mean, I feel delight. I feel good across the board. Um, can I talk about your team? I was just gonna say, yeah, we might as well do that. You talk about my team, and then we'll we'll finish off with the the last four teams. Cool. 
You had a good draft. Larry Fitz missed to all, and to all, good night. You didn't get Larry Fitz, so wondering what the team name's going to be, but um, loved your pick of C-Mac. I mean, I think he was by far the best option for you at the three spot after Scott and I took Saquon and Kamara. And I love Mike Evans in that Bruce Arians offense with that talent. If Jameis can stay healthy, boy, they are going to be a terror for defenses. And then Chris Carson. I mean, you know, you just went over me drafting Rashad Penny. So, you know, I'm a little unsure about Chris Carson in Seattle. But if he stays healthy, if he holds his own, he could get a lot of work in Seattle. And I've I've even been hearing from sources that he could get a lot of work in the passing game. They're they're doing a lot of passing, short passes, and that's that Seattle offense run by uh, whatever his name is, Schottenheimer, Schottengarmer, what's his name? Uh, Schottengarmer. <laughs> okay, yeah, Brandon Schottengarmer. Um, <laughs> and then Julian Edelman, I mean, come on. Oh, uh, no, Tom Brady's too old. Oh, no, the Patriots, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they're fighting, so they're not going to be good. Uh, no, the Patriots will be very good. Tom Brady will defy time, and Julian Edelman will continue catching a lot of passes from him. I miss the days of Wes Welker, but Julian Edelman is the new Wes Welker, and then some. Uh, Miles Sanders, what are your thoughts there? I'd love to hear your take, how you feel about drafting him in the five slot and his outlook for this season. I wanted him, been hearing a lot of good things about him, um wasn't going to get him if I didn't take him there um and so I just went with it I wanted I wanted a third running back um and I think he could take over as the as the number one guy pretty quickly um historically Philadelphia does not uh use high draft picks for running backs and they took Miles Sanders in the second round and uh, so they clearly are invested in him, and he is supposedly, I mean, from what I can tell, he's super talented, is a guy that can be a three-down guy, uh, Will be should be great in the passing game, which is something that Jordan Howard cannot do, as he proved last year uh, in Nagy's offense. So, yeah, it's going to be between, between him and Howard, uh, I think, to battle for the starting spot, and I think he's not someone I'm super confident in starting week one. Um I'll probably slot him in, uh, depending on what we hear over the next week, um, as my flex. But I th- he's more of a guy that I'm going to stash, and hopefully um, within a few weeks here, I think uh, I think he could be great value in the fifth round. That's my hope. I think you could be right. I mean, a lot of offensive action over on that Eagles team. A lot of action to take a bite of, but who knows how big of a bite Miles will get amongst the running back competition. I wish you the best. He Big risk, but there could be a big reward there. D.D. Westbrook in the sixth round, great pick. Similarly, Devin Singletary in the seventh round. And then in the eighth round with the Vance Dance. You're going to be doing the Vance Dance all season long, and I think that was a great pick there. I was looking at snagging him. You went back-to-back with tight end and quarterback taking... Mr. Newton in the ninth round, another great value pick, especially in a league that rewards running quarterbacks. Newton was a steal there. And then in the 10th pick, 10th and 11th pick, honestly, you went a little haywire. LaShawn McCoy and Cole Beasley. I mean, LaShawn McCoy's not haywire, but, you know, you uh, you announced it 
when you selected it, and I think you were expecting to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> but there's a high reward there. Cole Beasley, I'm not as convinced. Uh, not sure with Cole Beasley in the 11th round. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, honestly, in the 13th round and 14th round with Mosa New and Josh Allen, uh, I didn't love the back half of your draft, but the, the front half and the middle, you know, picks one through... 10 i'd say were incredibly solid you tailored off a bit at 11 through 14 yeah you know the good news is uh colby's is already off my roster i replaced him with a kicker and uh <laughs> sanu's also off my roster already i have replaced him with albert wilson of the dolphins sort of a similar train of thought i think that louis had with Devontae parker uh, Fitzpatrick's going to be the starter there, and he's going to have to throw to someone. So I'm hoping, you know, Albert Wilson, before he got injured last year, was pretty darn good. So um, hoping that'll amount to something. But, yeah, you know, my plan was always to draft Josh Allen. He was the quarterback I was targeting. I I never planned on, on drafting Cam Newton, especially in our league, because I never thought I'd get a chance at him in the ninth round. I mean, this is... The first year of Cam Newton's career where you could get him this late. And it's for, it's for fair reasons. I mean, he's coming off a year where he wasn't that great. He couldn't throw the ball. Um, had sh- had major shoulder surgery, so there's some, some concern there. But I just, with the upside of Cam, I mean, with the upside of Cam Newton is too great. Um, I couldn't pass it up. And then, well, I'm confident or I guess I'm I'm hoping that Cam Newton will work out extremely well uh, I think Josh Allen's gonna have a really good season and so if Cam Newton gets banged up the shoulder doesn't look good uh, I'll have I think I'll have Josh Allen there because I think Josh Allen's someone that after week one you could see get picked up off the waiver wire just like that so um I wanted to have two quarterbacks for the first few weeks and, and see how it plays out. But yeah, no, I, I don't love, <laughs> I don't love the last four picks of my draft as well. So I'm there with you. Glad we're on the same page. Uh, let's move on to the next team who we talking through. Let's breeze through these four ones. Thanks for listening. Everybody want to give another shout out to our number one sponsor, Jordan doll cookhouse. Addison Madison's number one farm to table restaurant. Ranch to table, if you will. At Jordan Doll, we sell you food. Jordan Doll. Food that we found close. Jordan Doll. Absolutely. Well said. We love, we thank Jordan Doll for everything that they do for this show, for this podcast. So, all right, I'm going to go with Scott's team next. The, uh, he changed his name, name to the Gruden Grinders because he picked Antonio Brown from the Raiders. Oh, the Gruden's <laughs> Grinders. Uh, Kamara with pick, pick one for Scott overall, pick two, love it. Uh, I'd have taken him as well. I love the, I mean, it's Alvin Kamara and I think he could be even better this year with Mark Ingram gone and being replaced by a lesser version of Mark Ingram in Latavius Murray. Uh, if Latavius Murray is not effective, I think you'll see Alvin Kamara's touches go up more than last year. Uh, on Johnson in the second. It's a bit early for on Johnson. I think there's some risk to that pick, but there's also... Some really high upside for Kerryon Johnson. Uh, I believe in the talents, and if he gets the opportunity, uh, just a little worried about C.J. Anderson being there and and stealing some goal line work. So um, Antonio Brown, 
we could be talking about, honestly, I know you're not super high on him. I think there's a good chance, though, that, like, once the season starts, like, Antonio Brown has, has been unanimously, unarguably, the best wide receiver over the last six seasons. He's an absolute stud. He's an incredible route runner. He's fast. His hands are amazing. He's got a downgrade with with Carr's as quarterback now instead of Roethlisberger. But getting Antonio Brown in the third round could be yeah. incredible value. I, I yeah. don't think you would disagree yeah. with that. There's obviously no, I can't risk. Disagree with that. There's a huge upside. I mean, he's when Antonio Brown is on the football field, he does things that no other wide receiver in the NFL does. Um, and there's potential for that on the Raiders. Provided he's on the field and provided he develops a good relationship with Derek Carr and provided the coaching staff utilizes him. And there's a lot of ifs, and I'm just not sure of a lot of those ifs. But if everything falls together, yeah, and there's no doubt Antonio Brown could have an unbelievable season. Great. Glad we agree. I love the Chris Godwin pick in the fourth round. Um, Similar vein to what you said about Mike Evans. Uh, Obviously, Mike Evans, I think, will have a, a... significantly better year but Chris Godwin being the second option along with OJ Howard with Jameis Winston who loves to throw it Bruce Arians who is an offensive mastermind I think Chris Godwin could have a great year I didn't like the Allen Robinson pick in the fifth round at the time I still don't like it I think it was way too early I think there were better wide receivers on the board also did not like the Hunter Henry pick in the sixth round too early for a tight end and when you combine that with the fact that both OJ Howard and Evan Ingram were still on the board I think both of them will have a better season than Hunter Henry. But I will admit that there is potential there for Hunter Henry to have a really good season. Phillip Rivers loves his tight end. If Hunter Henry is healthy and looks good, uh, he's going to have plenty of opportunity. And then moving from there, I think Philip Lindsay, great value in the seventh. Um, no guarantee that he's going to be a workhorse or as good as last year, but uh, he could be great. And then he, he, he coupled it with getting Royce Freeman in the tenth. Uh, so if one of those two guys comes out as the lead back, he's going to be set there. Uh, Kyler Murray in the eighth, big reach, uh, although I think Kyler Murray does have some potential to to be a good quarterback and uh, and to make some noise. I know uh, the talent is there, and, and he obviously is familiar with uh, Cliff's offense, and uh, so we'll see what happens with that. And then, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins in the ninth round could be some really good value. Again, huge injury risk for Sammy Watkins, obviously. But uh, I would not be surprised if uh, Sammy Watkins puts together a good season, and then that would be great value in the ninth. You know, he he finishes off the draft with Sutton, Brown, Roethlisberger, and Yeldon. I, John Brown and TJ Yeldon are probably just going to end up being throwaway picks. I would not be surprised if neither of them amounts to anything. Cortland Sutton, we'll see what happens there in Denver. I mean, he's got three Denver players. Uh, that's probably not very great. Um, and then he went with Roethlisberger as a safe option in case Murray doesn't work out. I don't I don't really mind that at all. So um, I think it's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty good draft for Scott. I, I think it's solid. Um, he started off strong with his running backs. I think got great value at it with his wide receivers, especially with Antonio Brown. Um I, uh, yeah, I think, I think he He has already dropped TJ Yeldon. Okay. There you go. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I just think Scott could have a really solid roster this year. Uh, if, if his picks work out how I think they will. 
I agree. I mean, I think I love his running backs, Kamara and Carrion, and then both those Denver guys. I think between the two of them, however, you know, you're not, not sort of a question mark right now, but I think one of them will rise to the top maybe. Either way, you got both of them. And yeah, I, I'm just I'm uh, I'm optimistic about Scott's team. I think he put together a nice draft. Great. Um, why don't you start us off on Greg's team? Tell me what you think about it, and I'll I'll let you I'll give my two cents afterwards, and then we'll we'll move along. Absolutely. Greg's team is really strong, especially at the running back position. Um. Which is surprising because he started off his draft by going for Odell Beckham Jr. Greg, another guy who likes talent, which is fine. There's no uh, there's no denying that talent's important. I think there's a lot of people, you know, like me, who look at the numbers. But I think there's guys in our league who look at the talent, so I respect that. Tommy, what are your thoughts between talent and numbers? What are my thoughts on talent and numbers? Um, <laughs> the the fight between talent and numbers. <laughs> Which one do you side with? Um, is it is it a a, a cop out to say, to say I like a, a little mixture of, of the two? Um, oh, you are always playing the middle of the fence. I'm trying to have strong takes on the show, man. Okay, I talent numbers. talent <laughs> talent wins out, dude. Okay, wow, talent, win, talent okay. wins out. Wow. Okay. Well, I disagree completely. Um, Nick Chubb in the first round, I love that pick. I love that pick. Um, I'm just, I'm not as sure about Odell. And like I said, Stefan, I would have taken Adam Thielen instead of Stefan, but, but hey, who am I? You know, who am I to say? Diggs, Diggs just has more of an injury risk is the thing for me. He's, he's notoriously been more injured than Adam Thielen. So that's why I would go with Thielen. But if Diggs stays healthy, he should have a really solid season. Baker Mayfield in the fourth round, definitely a reach. Too early. Where I think Greg's draft really heated up was actually in the fifth round. Moving forward, he had a really solid draft. And Mike Williams, I love that. A really solid option option with Phillip Rivers on the Chargers. Duke Johnson Jr., the newly starting running back of the Texans. James White in the eighth round, so solid every year. Same thing with Julian Edelman. Tom Brady's not not done, folks, okay? Patriots are going to Patriot. And then Michael Gallup. I love that pick in the ninth round. Followed up by Deion Lewis. I love that pick in the 11th round. A really solid running back. I don't believe in Derrick Henry. So yeah, those were the those were the highlights of Greg's draft for me. And I think overall he really, he really showed up. Other than that Baker reach and then sort of the more risky wide receivers at 2 and 3 with OBJ and Stefan Diggs. I think Greg had a really great draft. Yeah, I definitely agree with with your takes on on the the latter half of Greg's draft. Some really solid picks. Uh, I told him at the time I liked uh, several of his picks, um, and yeah, I, it's a little scary that he's going to be very dependent on the Cleveland Browns offense now. There's there's a lot of people that think the Cleveland Browns offense is going to be great, and it it really should be a good offense but uh three three of your first four picks are cleveland browns you're really banking on them having a good season if they do not it might be rough for greg um but even if baker mayfield doesn't work out like you hate that he drafted 
him so early. I mean, not that he wouldn't work out. He's going to be a fine quarterback. But if he's not a top five quarterback, that's obviously even if he is a top five quarterback, I think it's too early. But if you're just getting like Baker Mayfield is like the tenth or eleventh best quarterback, you're really reaching for him in the fourth round. So that that could come back to bite Greg. But like you said, I think he he made up for it with his value. Uh, the value that he got for players in the later rounds. Um, and uh, I, I'm a little worried about his running backs, considering he takes Nick Chubb first and then doesn't take another running back until the sixth round. And so his running back, too, is Duke Johnson Jr. Now, I I think you're not wrong to think highly of Duke Johnson Jr. Um, if they can get him, I mean, Deshaun Watson, a uh, great quarterback, right? So if they can get him going and, and get a rapport and, and get him going in the passing game and uh, Duke Johnson could be a really very solid uh, RB two, depending on what happens with Carlos Hyde there. But uh, yeah, a solid draft from Greg. Like like we've been saying, I like I think everyone did a pretty good job this year. Um, and speaking of good jobs, um, not really. This isn't really a good segue. Let's talk about Lou Lettenmeyer. He's got a good job. He's a lieutenant of the fire department. How was that for a second? Shout out to, that was a great segment. <laughs> Shout out to all of our firefighters out there. Thank you for doing what you do. Amen. Um, we really appreciate it. He's got a good job, but I don't think he did a good job in this draft. I think he did a great job. No, oh, he was fine. No, he he didn't. Uh, he was fine. Devonte Adams, bit of a reach at the five slot. I might have taken a running back there, but hey, you do you. George Kittle, also a reach. Tight end, but hey, he's going to have a monster year. You do you. Damian Williams, also a reach with uh, LaShawn McCoy coming in there, then paying him more money than they're paying Damian Williams. I think Shady's going to be... I mean, Damian Williams will still get work. He'll still be a viable fantasy option, but not that not that high of a draft pick. It's going to be a major thorn in Damian Williams' side. Yeah. I love the picks at four and five with Robert Woods and Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dad loves him some Baltimore running backs, that's for sure. Carson Wentz, I mean, I don't know. At the sixth spot, I, I felt, obviously, overall, that's a bit of a reach for quarterbacks in general, but I really like what Dad did rounds eight, or sorry, rounds seven through ten. He loaded up on really good wide receivers. You got Christian Kirk, Sterling Shepard, Corey Davis, and Dante Moncrief. Mm-hmm. Four guys you know, four guys you love, two offenses you want to be a part of, and two number one wide receivers. So I love it. Um, I don't love Darwin Thompson in the 11th round. He is a third string running back. I really just don't think dad knew that the Chiefs had signed LaShawn McCoy. I think that's the only explanation. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that's – so that's the stretch I like the most. Other than that, I thought Dad was reaching quite a bit. You're not wrong about that. That's a really good 7 through 10. Um, Christian Kirk could be the number one wide receiver on that team. Sterling Shepard is the number one wide receiver, uh, you know, depth chart-wise. Uh, Corey Davis is the number one wide receiver. He kind of sucks, but um, – you know, he's going to have the opportunity. And really, when you're drafting wide receivers, what you're looking for is opportunity. And that goes very similarly with Dante Moncrief. And this is a long, I mean, to touch on Vance McDonald a little bit more, 
Moncrief and McDonald should have plenty of opportunity. Obviously, Juju's going to be the guy that's the quote-unquote Antonio Brown replacement, right? But Antonio Brown is gone, and Jesse James is gone. And so it's Vance McDonald and Dante Moncrief, who there's been a lot of chatter about how he was really good uh, in camp. And so I think he's going to end up being the number two guy there. And uh, round 10, Ben Roethlisberger's number two wide receiver. Could be some great value. So, um, yeah, Wentz, Wentz, he took a little early, but I, I really like Carson Wentz this year, so I'm not too mad about that. And uh, I think Robert Woods in the fourth round. I think Robert Woods could be a top 10 wide receiver. So um, Robert Woods in the fourth round could be uh, insane value. And so You know me. I've always had a vendetta against Robert Woods. It's true. It's true. Um, I mean, at the very least, I don't know. Yeah, Damian Williams is a risky pick in the third round. George Kittle is a risky pick in the second round. I like the Devontae Adams at five overall. I think, again, this ties into me thinking the Packers are going to be really good and Aaron Rodgers is going to be really good. I think Devontae Adams is going to be an absolute stud this year. So um, don't mind that pick at all. Um, another good draft for Dad. Uh, he loves loading up on wide receivers. He did it last year and he did it again this year. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, six wide receivers again. Um, so, yeah. Love it. And last and certainly not least, because we save the best for last, Mr. A-plus draft, Kyle Sundell, more than a Thielen, which he has to change that name because he does not have Adam Thielen, but great team name. Um, let's end it with Kyle's draft. Now, I don't think Kyle deserved an A-plus um, because – I don't think he had the best draft. Um, there's actually some quite a, quite a bit of risk to the team that Kyle drafted. Um, but let's start off with, with, I think, what are three really solid first picks. Julio Jones at 10, nothing wrong with it. And then getting, I think getting Juju in the second round, the, the potential for Juju this year is obviously insane. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's super talented, has the rapport with Ben Roethlisberger, and is now going to get what you would assume is a very large amount of targets. Um, so I like Juju there. I He's going to average like 20 targets a game. Juju and Julio as his two wide receivers is going to be awesome for Kyle. That's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, Sonny Michel, middle of the third round, is a bit of a reach. Um, I wanted Sonny Michel, but I wanted Sonny Michel at the end of the fourth round. Uh, I think I know our opinions differ on Sony Michelle. You don't ever trust a Patriots running back, but it's been nothing but good news about Sony Michelle. Um, he's looked amazing. Um, he finished the season super strong. Was awesome in the in the actual playoffs. Was an absolute beast in the playoffs for the Patriots. And uh, I will not be surprised if Sony Michelle is. I mean, I expect him to be a top 15 running back. And I won't be surprised if he cracks the top 10. So, um, like that pick. That's uh, a hot take. Amari Cooper in the fourth. He's, he was good when he after he went to Dallas. He's very talented. Um, at, for a wide receiver three, Amari Cooper is going to be just great for Kyle. Here is where Kyle's draft starts to get dicey because he takes Melvin Gordon in the fifth, which – I get it. It's hard to pass up on Melvin Gordon in the fifth. If Melvin Gordon was available, um, 
in the if, I mean, I didn't want anything to do with Melvin Gordon because, you know, I've have I've got a little PTSD from Le'Veon Bell last year, um, but it's hard to pass on a guy with that talent in the fifth round, um, and I think this has something to do with Kyle's A plus draft grade. Um, he gets Melvin Gordon in the fifth. I'm assuming Yahoo has Melvin Gordon ranked pretty high because he's so talented. But um, if Melvin Gordon doesn't play until – I mean, I guess – I don't know, because he's got to play in week 10, right? And so if Kyle can get into the playoffs and then he gets Melvin Gordon for the playoffs along with Sony Michelle, um, that could be great. But when you talk about Sony Michelle being your number one running back – and then there's really not a lot else. I mean, he's, he, three of his running backs are the three Chargers running backs. So whoever emerges from that, that's going to be a decent RB2 flex option. And then he also went with Geis and Peterson. Whoever emerges from that backfield, that should also be another good RB2, RB3. So I kind of like the strategy, right? He's he went. He's got four guys that he knows he can depend on. And then with one, two, three four, five of his next nine picks, he took running backs that we really have no idea what, what's going to happen with them. But he took them all so that when something does become clear, he's got he's got them, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I guess it's a decent strategy. Um, Putting all your eggs in one basket, though. Right. Right. Um, so, but like I said, I, I, like Eckler in the eighth, I think Eckler, I'm assuming Melvin Gordon's not going to play. Um, I don't know why. I mean, he, I don't know why he would change his mind. Um, unless he's, you know, it's all been for show. And like now that the fact that the Chargers have said, we're not talking about a contract extension. You can either play this year for the five million that we're offering you. Um, or you don't, we don't have to. Um, but we will not be discussing contracts until next season. So maybe he caves and he, and he plays earlier than I think, but I won't be surprised if Melvin Gordon sits out as long as possible. And then um, I wouldn't be surprised if he sat out the whole year, honestly, with what we just saw Le'Veon Bell do. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Jarvis Landry in the sixth. I'm fine with that pick. Uh, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Jarvis Landry, I'm not sure, is going to be a consistent fantasy option there's just so many options now in cleveland and joku odell beckham is obviously gonna be the number one target there chubb's gonna get a lot of carries um but he's he's got him as a wide receiver four right so a, a jarvis landry is a fine flex option uh depending on matchup right yeah I think. so uh james winston in the ninth i got no problem with that um i don't mind like if james winston doesn't work out he doesn't work out, and Kyle can go to the waiver wire and get someone and stream if he wants to. I'm not too worried about it. But um, Austin Hooper in the 10th. Uh, if you believe in the Falcons' offense, uh, Austin Hooper could be a good option. So, um, like I said, I don't, I'm not sure Kyle deserves the A+, but I think he did a good job drafting this year. Um, when you factor in, he's got studs at the wide receiver position. I'm high on Sony Michelle, and then he kind of protected himself completely with the absolute mess of a running back situation that he has right now. Um, so hopefully that'll become clearer. He can, you know, he can hold steady 
you know, through the first few weeks as those running back sort of, you know, depth chart kind of figures itself out. And um, hopefully he'll he won't start off too negatively before uh, he figures out which running backs are actually going to be startable. So, yeah, that's it, dude. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. A wonderful draft spent with friends, family, loved ones, competitors, fighters, and brothers, and sisters. And lovers. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Come on. This is a family show. Um, all right. Great review episode. I think we can say it once. We can say it twice. But let's say it thrice. Really great draft by everyone. Makes for it a, an exciting season. A well-fought, well-battled well-matched season and week one's gonna get crazy y'all a lot can change in one week mm-hmm. we'll see where we stand we'll see mm-hmm. where the teams stand mm-hmm. 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 Child. things are gonna get easier <laughs> Ooh, child things are gonna get wiser um all right tommy sing us out jack Thanks so much for chit-chatting with me. Always love talking to you. I know we're both so excited. It was so awesome to record this first episode. Um, so much so that we went, oh, hey, we went long. What a surprise, you know, more of the same. But, you know, we just can't contain our excitement. We can't contain our desire to talk about fantasy football. We just go on and on. Uh, we got nothing but hot takes here. Keep tuning in. We'll keep bringing the hot takes. We'll keep making you laugh. We make ourselves laugh. We know that for sure. Um, love you all uh, even the people that I don't know thousands of you across the world that are listening um, <laughs> love you guys we do this is why we do it for you guys and, for all uh, thousands of you yeah guys good luck in week one I look forward Jack to talking to it's you next back, week baby. it's back we back I have no idea where I'll be next time I talk to you on this Squaw. podcast uh, I'll be oh somewhere. yes, we didn't even. Well, yeah. One final announcement. Uh, Tommy's taken this podcast on the road, ladies and gentlemen. We've had so much success <laughs> in our first two seasons that Tommy will actually be doing a traveling podcast. So we're going to be. Let's talk is going national. Uh, we will be doing podcast recordings from different cities all across the country, specifically in the West Coast, but honestly, all across the country. And yeah, I think. I think, Tommy, you should be excited, man. And I think this is a testament to our fans. We we wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't so supportive. And the growth that this podcast has seen is just crazy. So we knew this was something we had to do. I'm going to stay here, maintain the you know California presence, and obviously here at our office, let's talk. Uh, but, man, Tommy, I just want to say good luck, man. Thanks for doing this for the show, for the fans, and I'm so excited to talk to you from city to city. Yeah, man, I'm 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 hyped for it. I'm I can't wait to get down, you know, get dirty, get be one with the people, see people from different cultures, different cities. Oh, man, it's going to be a blast. Um, so we'll keep I'll keep you guys updated on my whereabouts and uh, yeah. But don't worry, guys. We will be here once a week throughout the season. You know this is the one place you come if you are trying to learn about the Tonpuck, the Fantasy <laughs> Football League that Tommy and I are in with our family and friends. Because uh, why wouldn't you want to know about it, okay? Hey, thanks for listening. Join us week by week. 
We're out. Join us next time. Let's talk fantasy football. All right, I'm going to stop recording. Yeah, me too. Fuck that song. Fuck that song, dude.